Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about why it is important to have women leaders in Utah. In 2015, I wrote and published a research and policy brief titled, Why Do We Need More Women Leaders in Utah? And we want to discuss some of the highlights in this podcast today. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, and I'm here with Robin Scribner, the project's assistant director. Robin, this is such important research. Give us a little background. Well, one of the things that the research shows is that there are a lot of top leaders and organizations who still don't recognize how critically important it is to have diverse leadership teams. And we're not just talking about business, although that is a place where it's very important to have women in top levels of leadership, but we're talking about government, community organizations, schools, churches, even universities. Our homes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Higher education. And so one of the things that this research really shows is all the different ways that having diverse leadership teams, specifically gender diversity, really brings better outcomes in a wide variety of areas to these any organization. And we're talking about different kinds of leader. Like in companies, it would be maybe the top leader, the C-suite, mm-hmm. the top leadership teams, the corporate boards, those kinds of things. And nonprofits, it could be their board of directors as well, but their leadership teams, which a lot of nonprofits are not as large. And so right. that really mid-level management would be in that situation too. And we're talking about PTAs and and even homes like you. Absolutely. Well, program managers, committee chairs, there are so many different ways that women should be leading and can be bringing so much value as they really learn how to lead and step forward and do it. And so when I wrote this brief, and it was before you were on the staff, Robin, in 2015, when I wrote this brief, I really felt compelled that we needed to, and and I'm putting quote marks up here, that it's kind of the business case, but it's not just for business, it's right. for everything, to understand why it even matters. Because sometimes people do, I have through the years, not very often had people say, why does it even matter? I mean, right. if we have good people that are men, it may not matter if we have women, but it does matter as we both know. And we'll talk about the research here and why it matters so much. So what we did with this particular brief, we didn't do original research with it, really looked at hundreds of studies. And there's thousands out there. Oh, yes. From every, almost every country now has done research on this. And then brought together about 100 and summarized, like, what is the research saying in terms of why it's important for women to lead? And some of the research does gender and some does gender along with race and ethnicity and different things. And some of the benefits are similar. Absolutely. And that's a great conversation to recognize. One of the reasons why this business case is real, right? Why it's not just the right thing to do. It's not just good for humanity. But the reasons that this is so important is because we need a diversity of voices and experiences to make the best decisions. And I love the way you put this together in the brief in five different categories about why having gender diversity within our leadership teams really makes an organization stronger. So what was the first thing that you really talk about in this brief? So there's five different categories, like you said. And the first one was really to 
improve financial performance. That one's so fascinating that most studies out there, not every single one, because there's been some studies in the last couple of years that don't find the benefits as much. They just kind of see flat kind of benefits. But most of the studies out there do see benefits. And particularly, these studies come from the corporate world, right? and specifically women on boards and women in those top C-suite positions, that when women are there, the company actually makes more money. It's more profitable, uh, better financial results, even things like uh, a company would strike better deals with outside vendors or in mergers and acquisitions, make less risky bids. That's that's interesting. It is fascinating, there's some, right? There's some interesting research. I remember one study from a number of years ago uh, with the London Stock Exchange, actually, where they tested men. And when they kept being on winning streaks, they looked at their testosterone levels. And some, when they were on winning streaks for a week or two, their increase of testosterone was like 10 times. Uh And what happens, though, is you get this energy. Like when you're playing sports, you get this energy. And what happens, though, is your vision comes in and you keep making more risky bids. Well, women, we don't have as much testosterone. So that's one of the reasons that when things get exciting and there's some energy, that women actually bring it back. And sometimes, you know, a risk taker can be, there's some negative things for women, but there's positive things for women. So isn't that interesting? Well, and I loved one of the things you mentioned in the brief was that sometimes men get this ego with these risky bids and they're looking to build this empire, right? And women, when they were making these decisions or part of making the decisions, they were looking and saying, we're only going to make these bids if they're absolutely critically valuable to the organization, if they're in the organization's best interest, not just because we can do it and wouldn't it be amazing, right? So, yeah. oh, go ahead. It's, oh, it's, it's so important to just make the comment that we're not talking about just women taking over and being right. all part, you know, we wouldn't make some, we'd have to take some risk is what right. I'm going to say. So the benefits of this research is when women and men both work together and the minimum tipping point really is 30%. Right. So, Just having a single woman in, in leadership and within a so sea have, of men yes. isn't able to have the, the critical mass. So if you have of a 10 people on your corporate board of directors, let's say, you know, at least three need to be women. So the single woman can make a difference. We want any woman in there. Right. But really, the closer to parity really makes the difference. Right. And that's when we get the best decision making. Well, I love that you have that section first because for many people, it's everything, right? When we look at our business, the bottom line. That's all that matters. But we know that's not really the case. And so even though better financial performance that we're going to find within our businesses, then the other categories that you talk about are also so important for building strong organizations that are really going to succeed over time. Yeah. And, and we can take that information, in turn, even though most of it's in corporate, but city councils, state governments, State legislature, they're all dealing with finances as well. So I think you look at the benefits as well. The second main category of the five, really, I named to strengthen organizational climate. And and you have some interesting background. I'd love you to talk about the the difference in gender pay gap and some of the gender elements there. Well, some of the things that we know that work within organizations is that we have more when we have more women in higher levels of leadership, we have better outcomes for women across the organization. That means we're we're more likely to be taking a really close look at gender pay disparities and making sure that we are shrinking those. We are making sure that we're getting more women into the pipeline. More 
more women advance to levels of leadership, which again, as we just talked about, is good for the entire organization. But sometimes those moves don't really happen until we get enough women in decision-making roles. And some of the research talks about generally when women and men are both, you know, are on those leadership teams that across the board, you have decreased turnover and tensions and higher employee satisfaction, not just the women, but the men too. Right. So I think that's interesting. One of my interesting, you know, I, I have been teaching business ethics for a number of years. And we know from the research, I don't mean to offend men that are out there, but uh, across, across the world, women are seen uh, in the research and, and generally is more ethical. Not every woman, but women generally are more ethical than men. And that's what the research says. But one interesting thing element of that is one study a couple years ago said that, that when women do embezzle, at least they take less money. <laughs> I well, think that's, that's, that's funny. That's, I don't know if that's good or not, but that's, I think that's fascinating. I love one of the other ones too, that when you have women and men working together, you t- women tend to be bring in, they're more considerate. <laughs> so you you change the, the atmosphere a little. And I'll tell you, I've heard st- so many stories, uh, especially from Utah in the political environments, mm-hmm. where, you know, there's some rough environments when there's just men. Right. And when women come in, sometimes it's tough at first, but it, it softens that environment. So it's more respectful. That's fascinating. So men have to behave a little bit more when they're in the, in some of those political environments, especially. So, and you know, I see that being an increasingly important value to have within an organization as we're talking so much about building a strong company culture, making sure we have companies where people want to be at work, where they want to stay and where they're happy, where they're not going to be facing extreme levels of stress and burnout and saying, I can't go back to that place. Place. And feeling Having, bullied. A lot oh, of the yes. older style uh, treatment of each other, joking around with the men, uh, some of that, it's just not the millennial style right. anymore. And so if you have those harsher environments that that maybe were real common years ago, those are just not the right environment to really get the organization to be creative on all of those wonderful benefits. Oh, I love that. I love the balance of of ideas and, and just the atmosphere that we're creating within our organizations. So the third, so again, the first is to improve financial performance. And then the second main category, and, and again, multiple studies, many, many studies in each one to strengthen organizational climate. The third is to leverage talent. I really love this one. I talk about this a lot. And one of my favorite elements of this is, is looking at win-win solutions. If you look at the research of girls and boys growing up, boys, and I happen to have six brothers, so I'm, I tend, you know, I was raised in that more competitive environment. Boys are really socialized and because of their testosterone, they love the win-loss. Okay. So, and they have fun with that. It's like, I won, you lost, you know, and, and girls tend to really want to everybody to feel good. We like to be liked, and there's some good and bad with that, right. but there's liked, we like to be liked. The research says that we really look more deeply at how can both parties or multiple parties really feel better and win. And I love that one. And the other one I want to say, and then you've got some comments as well, is we do as women generally ask different questions, not always, but men and women have different experiences when we ask different questions. We tend to, as women, care about certain topics more than men. 
Right. And men care about other topics. And it's good because we need male t- kind of topics, energy, roads, you know, I have potholes uh-huh. out here in <laughs> Ireland, a few that I wish would get fixed. We need some funding for that. But women, education comes to the top and healthcare, social programs, poverty, you know, uh, programs that help women that have been sexually assaulted, those kinds of things. So when women, generally speaking, across the United States, when there are more women in state legislatures, there's more funding that goes to those kinds of things. Wow. And when women are not present, and we, and I have to say in Utah, we're, we've made a slight increase. So we're around 25, 26% of the people in legislature are women. But many, many subcommittees up there have maybe one woman. And I think there are still many without a without woman. Without any, on them. right? Yeah. So what uh, were your favorites in well, this category? Well, I, I love, when we're thinking about talent, one of the things that we know is that women communicate differently. And so there's the idea women are more sensitive to nonverbal cues, and they're able to pick up on reading a room a little bit better, which really can help when you're in tense negotiations, when you've got other things going on. And I also love the idea that women are sometimes more nurturing and more interested in developing others. So one of the things that we wanted to be sure to mention is that the reason why this balance is so important and making sure that we have both voices within a room is not because we're trying to follow and maybe an old style philosophy of if we want more women leaders, we need women to act more like men. That doesn't make a difference. That's not what matters. What matters is women and men are socialized differently. They come from different backgrounds. They have different experiences. And we need all of that in the room to make better decisions. And so making sure that we have women in here, we're going to be developing our team members in different ways. We're going to be listening and communicating in different ways, which is super valuable. And, you know, you can... You can even put that conversation to flip the coin a little bit in terms of our children's experiences in elementary school. So we have low wages in elementary school teachers, and so we end up with mostly women there. But our children need men, some men teachers. Absolutely. uh, Because men and women both bring some different experiences, not, not exactly different, you know, in some cases, but generally speaking, they're both good and not, not, one is not right and one is not wrong. Right. But this sense through the years that women had to change themselves to be leaders is is really more of an old style. Right. What we know from the latest research, and I love the book, Athena Doctrine, is that actually the more feminine qualities like collaboration, nurturing, developing others is kind of where the main leadership styles are coming right. from now. And I know many women, men that are, that are like that as well, and they're finding great success with that collaborative style. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that we recognize that the way leadership is changing and organizations are changing and developing, that so many of those qualities are really highly valued and needed. So the fourth area is to increase corporate social responsibility and reputation. Fascinating stuff. And I love it. And actually, so many studies that actually say this. Right. You've touched on this a little bit coming from the government perspective about when women are in committees that they're putting money in certain organizations. And that's certainly true in the corporate climate as well. We know that companies that have more women on their boards, more women in high leadership, give more to the community. They're more involved in volunteering. They're finding other ways to make sure that they are a good corporate citizen, which we know is great for our communities and it's great for our businesses. More and more millennials we're knowing in Gen Z uh, want to do business with companies that they know are doing good in the world, not just making lots of money, not just being successful, but companies that are great corporate citizens. And it's fascinating when you look at the corporate research, because it's pretty clear cut. When you look at the corporate boards, especially, but but also top leadership, the C-suite, 
when there's women there, the company typically gives more to the community. Right. It's pretty cut and dry there. Women tend to, you know, really think about families more, think about children's needs, think about the community at large. I know some men that are great at that too. But generally speaking, that's that's women that's what tend we're to finding, bring that. Right? Yeah. And then the last, the fifth area is to enhance innovation and collective intelligence. I love this one. I really do because the research, even at the team level, so at the team level in terms of creativity and innovation, it actually goes from teams, research, all the way up to top corporate boards, top of government, governor's offices, and so forth, and the legislature and nonprofits and everything. This has been in all different industries. So basically... When men and women work together, the results are increased innovation, increased creativity, better team decision-making, better problem-solving, all of those things. And so one thing that uh, I've talked about in my presentations before, I asked the question, so there's better problem-solving and decision-making, does that mean it's more efficient? So when you have men and women working together, is it faster? And some people will say, yes, yes. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> because actually, the more you have on the table, the more diverse in terms of gender, in terms of race, in terms of sexual orientation, all of those areas, the more ideas you're going to have. And right. the more you have on the table, the more you have to what I call wrestle with to get down to that those decisions. But what the research says is when you get to those decisions, they are better. Yes, I love that. My husband loves to share a story about a great leader who would go into a boardroom and sit down and they talk for 15 minutes. And he said, sounds like I'm only hearing one idea. We all agree. Let's come back tomorrow when we have some, something to disagree about, right? And that's, and that's what we have when we bring a diversity of experiences and ideas. It'll take a little bit longer. We might have some, a little bit of conflict. Are you sure about this? But then we ultimately end up with better decisions, more creative decisions, more thoughtful, and more successful. And that conflict is fascinating because sometimes here in Utah, we have that culture. And I've heard it from my students. Um, I've had some challenge me through the years. There's too much argument in your classes. <laughs> and it's not really argument. It's taking different uh, elements, but they're not used to that. But the, the research says if you have those different perspectives that you really have a richer conversation and more options. That's fascinating. So there's so much more to all of these. And as you know, Robin, uh, and our listeners hopefully can know now uh, that we have a brief, like I said at the beginning, on our website and all of our research is under a tab called research um, at utwomen.org. And this brief, I believe, is about four pages. Not that long, but it summarizes and links to all the research. So so the last area is really, how does this benefit and who does this benefit? It benefits individuals. And I tell women all the time, this is important for you to understand so that you will lean in, step up, whatever it takes, because it matters. It matters that you understand this so you will step forward. But if it's just us, Robin... What do you think? Right? We need to get more people on board. That's why we're talking you know, about leaders this. need to, and most of them are men. Right. They need to understand that that this can benefit the organizations, including at the financial level, right? right. But in addition to individuals and teams and organizations, I think communities and governments can benefit as well. 
Right. And I love the point that we're making here. We have, we sometimes get a little bit of pushback from women who say, why are you saying all women need to go be the governor of the state? All women know, need to go be a CEO of an organization. I want to prioritize different things in my life. We're not saying that there's only one way to lead and only that all leadership needs to happen in uh, public venues, right? Mm. We know that the research shows that in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools, in our churches, and even in our homes and families, Having women step up, find their voices and lead, all of our organizations are going to be stronger. And so even if you're feeling like, well, I know I'm not going to be a governor of the state of Utah, so why does it matter that I need to become a leader? Just knowing in all of your relationships and all the places where you work, live and play, your voice is important and it matters and it's going to bring value to any place that you're, any place that you are. That was amazing, Robin. <laughs> you really well, worded you. that well. <laughs> I really like that. And I've seen that and I felt that pushback occasionally. But I think most women, you know, if they look at this business case and understand their lives will realize that it's so important for them and also for raising these girls in the next generation. I would say boys too. I yeah. mean, same, same thing for boys in some ways, that it matters that we need to influence in so many areas. And when we understand why the decisions are better, that um, there's more ethics when we are in that conversation, that there's more ideas, creativity, innovation, and it makes a difference. And and by the way, sometimes people think that innovation is just for companies, but look at politics in the state and air quality and some of these issues that are so, and, and when I speak in the UK, they call them wicked problems, like right? complex problems. Oh, yes. We've got to have people influence and lead in so many ways. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah Valley University. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. If you want to read the research we discussed today or learn more about our other research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.